And, you know, again, I think we're, we're looking forward, trying to better understand what does that next generation of independent living look like? Because, you know, in all probability, it's not going to look like the independent living that was built in 1991. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. This season is powered by sponsors AccuShield, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital, Salinity, and The Bridge Group Construction. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. We have a great friend on and one that probably everybody in the industry knows. We've got the infamous, the famous David Schles. He's the president and CEO of ASHA out of DC. Welcome back to the program, David. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, pleasure to be here. It's always always great to talk to you guys. As 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 I hope you know, I'm a big fan of of uh, Bridge the Gap and uh, delighted to spend some time with you today. Well, we feel the exact same way. Um, we love spending time with you and your team, and we're going to go into a couple of uh, big topics as we enter into this 2022 year that are of importance to our listeners and to the industry. You know, you are big on advocacy and you have advocacy programs specifically around consumer education efforts and a a uh, initiative called Where You Live Matters. Um, and you've been at that for a few years. And we would love to hear about the progression of Where You Live Matters uh, has taken and some of the insights that you've gained and what your goals are uh, at ASHA with Where You Live Matters. Sure. Well, you know, Where You Live Matters was an initiative that we launched several years ago. Um, and it was really the first time Asha really directly said, we're going to try and deal with consumers and their families. Um, and we had in the previous probably 25 years or so, we had never done that directly. Um, and that was a, you know, a big, it was kind of a, a big move for us. It was part of a strategic planning initiative. Um, as we typically do, we pull a, a committee together of, of uh, members who, to really help us think about how we want to approach things. And at the end of the day, we really wanted to make sure that Where You Live Matters was um, non-commercial. I mean, we really, really looked at it as almost like a public service. And, and the goal was to try and help um, empower older adults and their families to really better understand their options and uh, really, you know, I, I would say that was the the kind of primary goal was, you know, help people uh, kind of navigate what can be a very confusing roadmap and what their options are. And, and that was that was the initiative. We, we uh, launched it with uh, Glenn Devins out of uh, Kansas City. Um, and, and they're, of course, now Attain and we continue to work with Attain. It's been a, a really good partnership for us. And, uh, you know, I, I, we've just made a very solid commitment to investing in content, uh, which, you know, again, helps us make sure that the, that the site is fresh, that it's got, you know, a, a wide range of material, you know, whether it's video content, whether it's checklists, whether it's editorial. Uh, so it's, you know, really stayed robust. Um, 
And it's a multifaceted digital platform. So it, it, it has a Facebook component, an Instagram component. This year in 2022, we're going to try uh, Pinterest uh, because, again, what we see with Pinterest is the potential to um, get to maybe a, a younger uh, age demographic in terms of interact with with where you live matters. So it's been a it's been a, a real commitment to try and empower older adults and their families. And as as I've been in the business over the years, that one of the things that that has always struck me is you know, the, the, the people who move into our communities almost always, you know, say, gosh, I wish I had done this earlier. I, I wish I knew about this. I wish I moved sooner. And I, you know, I think when I, when I think about where you live matters, it's, it's really an initiative that's aimed at, at, uh, you know, helping a consumer or their family maybe make a decision sooner. And, and it, maybe it's, Six months sooner, maybe it's a year sooner, maybe it's three months sooner, but it's it's helping them make a decision. Um, and the other thing that we that we did a few years ago is we had not initially had a community locator on the on the site. Um, we added that a few years ago, and and really, uh, you know, there's several thousand ASHA member communities on where you look matters in the U.S. and and in Canada. And again, I think, you know, we just wanted to add that as a, you know, almost as a, as a source of convenience. If someone was on the website looking for information about the, you know, veterans aid and attendance benefits that, you know, they could actually look for, you know, assisted living in Knoxville, Tennessee. And what we have seen is that, yes, I mean, there are people, you know, who do access that community locator uh, at all hours of the day, seven days a week, you know, again, so that was one of those things that we had, hadn't initially thought about doing, and, and we added it, and that's, I think, worked out very well for the consumer and for the, uh, you know, for the industry as well. The site itself really was a tremendous help to us, you know, during, you know, during the, the COVID period, because we, we, you know, wanted to try and do some public relations work. And, you know, we kind of had this platform and were able to use, uh, you know, a, an, an advertising strategy that, you know, that allowed somebody to go to where you live matters. And we had a, you know, added a lot of uh, content there that somebody could look at to get the real story of what was happening um, in these communities. And, uh, you know, I think that was also where we kind of realized that, you know, there's a, there's a dollar for dollar, you know, relationship between how much you spend and how many people come visit the website. We had, you know, 30 some million people that were on the website in 2020. And, and, you know, and, and that was, you know, driven by, you know, financial commitments we made to, you know, various uh, media sites across, you know, across the country from the Boston Globe to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Dallas, Atlanta. We just kind of covered the covered the country. And, and you know, so that was something I don't think anybody ever thought like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to use Where You Live Matters for this, you know, PR effort. But, you know, it was incredibly beneficial to, to have had that platform there. Um, and then, you know, this year we're going to, you know, move into uh, 
uh, Pinterest, which is you know kind of a, a new area for us. Again, we'll we'll uh, kind of pilot it and see how you know how that works. Where you live matters is kind of a, a living, breathing, uh, constantly evolving. Uh, platform for us. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, it's one of those, I, I, I would say probably the area that we have not done as well with where you live matters as we would like is, you know, getting the industry to use it as a, as a resource, which it, which it really is. And there's, you know, right. Just a ton of uh, good content that, you know, can be used by a, a sales counselor or somebody who's following up with, a, a prospective uh, uh, resident and, and, you know, a lot of folks in the industry, I, I don't think realize that all of that, you know, all those resources are there for them to potentially use as well. Well, you bring up a, such a great point there, you know, as occupancy continues to be, you know, a topic of conversation, we're all looking for resources and content. Um, and then the other big things that I hear out of this is uh, something that's very close to bridge the gap is, um, changing public perception. Um, oftentimes, you know, to your point, Dave, we hear from residents, you know, I wish I'd done this sooner. Um, you know, but before that comment takes place, you hear from the adult daughters, uh, or the, the family members that are trying to help navigate this is, this is very confusing. Where are the resources? <laughs> Where are the insights? You know, Josh, we talk about that frequently. Um, and this kind of changing perception, you know, this is a, a kind of a clashing of, of all of these different ideas in an effort to try to help in those categories. It really is. And education is at the forefront of that and the research surrounding the education and Asha does such an amazing job at that as a member of Asha myself, um, I look forward to every um, every so often getting the research, um, not only by email, but um, the materials, the printed materials. So actually, I just got uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, Dave, the the great book. I think you call it the Senior Living Guidebook. Is that right? Yeah, the, uh, probably the State of Seniors Housing. Yeah. So that book is such a great resource uh, because obviously we've got a few different areas of the country that we're specifically working in, but that particular gives really this global perspective of what's going on in each sector of the senior living industry and senior housing um, that, that helps to frame kind of uh, the industry for us and all the different segments. Can you talk to us a little bit about the research um, that Asha typically does, but what more specifically here in 22, uh, what are some of the specific initiatives that you guys have going? Sure. So, you know, I think when, you know, when Asha was started, which was back in the early 90s, it was, you know, there, there, there was very little data out there at all on, on anything. And that was, it was one of the things we, we first, you know, started to do was finding some, you know, some different avenues to, you know, collect data. Uh, obviously, some of it we do now with other groups like NIC and Argentum, et cetera. But, you know, I think it's always something we're, we're, we're focused on. It's, you know, Asha's, Asha's kind of a unique animal because it's a, it's more of a boutique. And I always say that, you know, Asha is not the right group for all people. And, you know, we're, we're focused in certain areas. You know, one of those categories for us has always been research, and so we put probably about a probably about a third of our budget into research. And you know, we're always uh, 
I, you know, I would say if there's one thing I like to think about Asha's, it's, you know, there's, there's no bureaucracy. I mean, we're always looking at listening to the members and, you know, reading emails and answering calls. And almost all of our research has, you know, probably started with somebody who sent an email or picked up the phone or just said, you know, I'm looking for this or I'm struggling with that. And, you know, can you think about, you know, is there a study there we can do? And almost all of what we've done and some of it, some of what we do, you know, are kind of annual surveys, the state of seniors housing. We started in 1992 uh, initially with uh, what was then Coopers and Librand, now, now Price Waterhouse Coopers. And that was kind of a, a early effort to, you know, understand you know, just basic revenue and expense data for the industry. And it's evolved. It's a thousand times better than it was when we first started doing it. Um, an annual uh, state regulatory handbook that we do that is based on a survey we do of the states. So some of those things we do, you know, and I'm not going to say, you know, they're, they ever get easier. The state of seniors housing is a, it's a monstrous project and, um, Colleen Blumenthal and Samantha Redred, uh, Medred at uh, Health Trust do a fabulous job in NIC and Argentum and uh, NCAL, Leading Age. I mean, everybody's involved in that. Um, then we're always looking for new projects. And I think, you know, we've started to do some, you know, some really interesting work with uh, Ann Tumlinson and her team at ATI Advisory. Um, last year, we, we did a what will become an annual project now, which is a, called the Senior Housing Data Book. That's really looking at uh, Medicare uh, consumer beneficiary data. Um, and it's just very focused on, you know, uh, different segments of the older, older adult population and how they spend healthcare dollars, how they utilize the healthcare system. Uh, so that's an annual project that we'll be doing with them again. Uh, one of our new studies this year, again, we're doing with ATI, is really focused on, on looking at, at socialization and the impact of socialization on physical and mental well-being and, you know, conversely, isol you know, social isolation and, and the impacts that, that that has on, you know, physical and mental well-being. And, you know, that's one of those projects that, you know, I think we all inherently know that one of the, you know, one of the real benefits of senior living is that, you know, that sense of community and that sense of, uh, you know, being connected with other people in, in social ways. And, you know, and I think there's a, you know, there's a probably a policy element to what this research is going to do for us too, because as you, as you both know, I mean, there's kind of this, you know, sense that, you know, everything that is being done on a policy side should be focused on keeping somebody in their home. Yeah, for some people, you know, they've got networks of family and friends and that and that's great. That's a great option for people, but there are unique benefits of, you know, living in community and we think that this is one of those, you know, projects that will be, you know, beneficial in terms of kind of, you know, helping to shine the light on that. So that's that's a new project we're very excited about this year. Uh, and then another project we'll be doing this year, uh, again, another research project with uh, ATI. It's really kind of looking at, um, you know, revenue opportunities for operators associated with uh, new services. 
Um, and so again, these are you know kind of areas that you know I think the industry's starting to look at. I think um, you know some companies more so than others. But again, are there opportunities to partner with innovative new health uh, uh, insurance uh, companies that are willing to potentially pay you for things that you're doing or maybe things that you aren't doing but could do to again help ensure the well-being of um, you know, older adults that are living in your community. So that's a, you know, again, kind of a, a new area uh, of research for us. Um, and that'll happen this year as well. Um, and then just a, another project I just, I, you know, I want to mention is one that that we're going to be doing with Promatura um, out of Oxford, Mississippi. And we've done a lot of research with uh, Promatura over the years. And Again, a lot of what we try and collect data on is it's consumer research. How can we better understand who lives in our buildings? And maybe more importantly, how can we better understand you know, the, the folks who look just like our residents but haven't made that decision to move? And so we're going to be doing an a independent living study. It's actually, it's actually in the field right now. Um, that will be very, you know, not looking this segment of the study. The study will have some historic IL data. It will have some current IL data. So, you know, what what does the current IL resident look like? But it's really a forward-looking study. It's going out to people who don't live in these communities. It's about a 20-page questionnaire. So it's a very detailed survey. It will be, you know, you know, um, scientifically representative of a, you know, of a, of a you know, very uh, uh, robust study. And, you know, again, I think we're, we're looking forward, trying to better understand what does that next generation of independent living look like? Because, you know, in all probability, it's not going to look like the independent living that was built in 1991. Well, it's different. You know, that is really great information for our listeners uh, that maybe aren't familiar with this information uh, that is published that uh, you can get access to ashaliving.org. I would highly encourage you to go check it out. Also, Dave was talking about where you live matters, which is where you live matters dot org. We've got a lot of listeners, as we know, you may be listening right now and you're not familiar with any of this because you're new to our industry, or maybe you're a student that's thinking about getting into our industry. Uh, understanding our industry is key, uh, where it's been, where it is, where it's going. And the, the folks there at ASHA, Dave's team does a great job. So rounding out our show, Dave, uh, one last thing that uh, I don't want to miss out on just kind of getting a summary on is the all important topic of advocacy. You guys have a lot going on. I've actually seen some exciting, um, really, I guess synergy was the way I would say it, a lot of momentum around also the pack that you guys have started. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, yeah, so again, I mentioned we're focused and you know we're kind of focused in three areas, the research, meetings, which you know we probably won't get into today, but but the third is advocacy, and that was really when ASHA was started. We were we were started by a group called the uh, National Multifamily Housing Council, which is basically a multifamily housing group that started us in 1991, kind of incubated us, and, and you know, really terrific group. It was a group that uh, 
uh, was started by some of the some of the giants in multifamily housing, Trammell Crow and Preston Butcher and Howard Ruby, and just a, really an incredible organization. And you know, so advocacy wanted to you know provide a voice uh, for companies that develop, own, and operate senior living. It was you know initially you know uh, primarily for profit. Uh, oriented or companies that were for-profit oriented. So it's always been something that we've been really very focused on, you know, maybe a little bit unique for us as we've always, you know, really tried to focus on tax issues. Um, you know, the the tax treatment of this type of, of real estate is unique. And to some extent, you know, there's there's not, you know, we, we, we're, we're not necessarily apartments, we're not necessarily hotels, we're not hot, you know, so it's, there's some unique tax issues. So that's always been a kind of a core focus for us. Uh, we created a seniors housing political action committee in the mid nineties. So it's probably the, it was probably the first of the senior living PACs that was focused on supporting federal candidates uh, on the basis of, you know, senior living issues. Um, so we, you know, we're not supporting local candidates. So these are just people that are federal candidates. So it's the House and the and the Senate. And, you know, I would say historically really tried to spend, you know, roughly what we bring in. So, you know, this past year we we raised about five hundred and twenty five thousand uh, dollars. We spent I, I not it's not an exact number, but I think we ended up, you know, contributing about five hundred and five or five hundred ten thousand dollars um so you know again roughly bring it in and you're supporting uh members on a bipartisan basis and and obviously i mean this past yeah the past couple of years have just been uh you know incredibly intense legislative you know advocacy uh efforts and and you know that pack is indis it's indispensable because you're not buying anyone's vote. I mean, that's not how the PAC, that's not how the PAC works, but you're getting, you know, direct FaceTime with, with, you know, members of Congress, um, you know, who really are in a position to make decisions that impact you. And, and, you know, and, and I would say over the course of the past couple of years, I, I, I'm not sure that the industry would have gotten any federal assistance at all in terms of provider relief funds if we didn't have that access. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. I always remember this one, but there was a there was a senator from Florida uh, who's no longer no longer in the Senate. And, and he was uh, in a previous life. He had been an insurance commissioner and he you know, it, this was a long time. ago. This is back in the in the 80s. There had been some I'm just going to say scandals because there were there were some scandals involving entrance fee CCRCs a long time ago, but you know really not reflective of you know the modern senior living. And so I always remember we we supported this uh, this uh, individual, the senator, and uh, you know had an opportunity to you know have have breakfast. We'd spend an hour. We'd chat. We you know and I, and I think you know. Over over a period of time, I think you know we were able to convince him, and he ultimately became the chairman of the Senate Aging Committee. Yeah, I think we we had in this these opportunities to convince him that look at what happened in 1980 or what you saw, you know, when you were an insurance commissioner before you entered you know politics. It's 
it's not reflective of the modern business. And I, you know, and and I would say over the years, I'm not sure he was, you know, necessarily always a great friend of the industries. But I will I will say this. I mean, you know, when we first started, you know, having those opportunities to have dialogues with him, uh, he was, you know, he had a, a, a very incorrect and very negative perception of the industry. And by the time he left the Senate, he, you know, that we we were able to change his perception. And so, you know, that's maybe a, a kind of an extreme example, but it is just, you know, it's so important to have those opportunities to, you know, discuss the the industry's perspective with elected officials. And so the, you know, the, the PAC has just been a really important part of that whole process. Obviously, I mean, I think, you know, again, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this, you know, the, you know, the industry needs to do a better job, you know, getting local state elected officials into these communities to come in and have coffee with the residents. And, you know, because as, as, as you guys know, I mean, if, if you haven't had a direct personal involvement with, senior living, whether it's independent living or assisted living or CCRCs, you, you don't know what it is. You, you know, nursing homes, you have no idea what it is. And so that's, you know, that's one of those things that I think everybody can do, you know, whether you're, whether you've got one community, whether you've got a hundred communities, I mean, that's just, you know, we all need to, you know, to take those opportunities, the residents, you know, the residents love it. It's great for the, you know, it's great for somebody who's, you know, up for re-election for Congress. So, you know, I'd really encourage that, you know, that type of activity to take place. And, you know, and, and, and you know, all of these things are really important in, you know, making sure that people understand, okay, I get it. You're, you know, you're serving a population that is 80 plus that maybe has some, you know, some, uh, you know, physical or mental limitations, but, I get it because I've seen it with my own two eyes. I know what you do, and and if you haven't had that direct uh, you know relationship, which which again some members of Congress have, uh, but many of them haven't had. So that's a really important thing you know to to be focused on as an industry in the you know in the months and years ahead. It's really important. Well, you're exactly right, Dave. So developers, owners, operators, uh, people interested in getting into the industry, thinking about uh, a career in the industry, consumers, what a great resource ASHA is. Dave, thanks for leading such a great team there and providing such great information for us and taking time to be with us on the show today. A pleasure. Any anytime. Always love chatting with you guys, and uh, we'll look forward to look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, any any time we can be of any help, just you know, as I say, give me a call or uh, shoot us an email. And uh, thank you for what you do. It's really it's really been I, I've 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 loved watching bridge the gap blossom. So keep keep rocking. You guys do a great job. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. So. All of our listeners can go to btgvoice.com. Check out the BTG network there. Connect with us on social. Send us a note and follow along. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.